evening, all. Welcome to the Heroes Asylum movie review show. And I am Kane, one of the hosts of the show. I don't do it alone. I'm here with my trusty cohort, Mr. Mike. How are you doing, sir? Good how evening. You, how you doing, man? We're going to Vegas tonight, aren't we? We're going to Vegas, baby. Vegas. Yes. Awesome. Cannot good wait. Going to the Bellagio. Abbas is a good time. Go to the fountains, all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, in case you didn't guys didn't know what movie we're doing, we are doing Ocean's Eleven, the remake, not the original film. I'm sure my partner can tell you about his great view that he actually had watching the original Ocean's Eleven today. My experience, and his yeah. original His experience of watching it. So I'm sure it was a great experience, Mike. I'm sure you want to tell us all about it, how great the original is compared to the remake. Yes, I will. Yeah, us. Once we actually get into the movie, yeah, we'll, we'll I'll talk about it a little bit. <laughs> Uh, but I want to make sure everybody – thank everybody for subscribing and downloading us. Make sure you do not only check out here at the Midnight Movie for the music – or the movie music reviews. I would love to do a music one. But yeah, music, no. man. Music. When is that coming? <laughs> uh, we're Let still, me that one. I'm still working on that <laughs> idea. You and I had to talk about that. Yes, uh, sir. But the movie review, but also you know we have our watch-alongs, which we'll be doing you know, a lot more of those shortly. And of mm-hmm. course, our Heroes Asylum podcast page for the Heroes Asylum show – that comes out every Monday, so make sure you check that out. Also on Facebook every Sunday and YouTube every Sunday. And then, of course, Kane's new project. Low Blows and Chair Shots, a wrestling show for the wrestling fan. Uh, I do it with my other cohort, Hot Shot. You'll be meeting him pretty soon. So we talk about the world of professional wrestling. Well, so they heard we Hot Shot up. last week when uh, during the Hancock. That's right. Hot Shot did jump in on yeah. Ham. The uh, Here's some Midnight Movies. So, yeah. You'll be seeing and hearing a lot of that guy. But, uh, yeah, we talk about the world of pro wrestling. It's a fun – we had actually a fun – Fun time recording last night. Uh, good conversation, good times, and uh, hopefully you guys can check that out, like and download, and show some support. Yeah, for the guys definitely, guys. Yeah, and, and thank you guys for anybody that has shown some support. We do have a Patreon and a Buy Me a Coffee pages out there, so if anybody is interested in showing a little bit more support, it is there. So, uh, so yeah, uh, we're going to do Ocean's Eleven, the 2001 American heist comedy by the one and only Steven Steven Soderbergh. Uh, if you all know Steven, Steven's done. I think he was oh, famously. I think the one I can I, that like sticks out for me, like <laughs> remembering what he did first. I was like Sex Lies and Videotapes was like his first Ooh, breakout. Man, that's going out. That's uh, that's eighty nine. Gina Gershon, I think Gina Gershon was in that well, movie. I believe if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I think so. I mean, that was like his big first one. But I think his big breakout was Aaron Brockovich uh, with with Julia yeah, Roberts because because Aaron won the um, well Julia won the Oscar for that film and. Yeah, so he's uh, and then he decided to tackle this one. Uh, kind of an odd choice at the time when I heard about it, but uh, when you actually watch the movie, and we'll get into it. I was uh, this is probably one of the movies that I swear by. Sometimes I'll quote it, but um, every once in a while. But it's just a good movie. It's like you just watch it from like beginning to end. It's just a really well done movie, and like the twists that you see in the movie are really cool. You don't like I didn't see some of them coming. To be honest, like uh, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, there's a couple scenes in particular, I guess, when uh, George Clooney gets kind of interrogated in that room, yeah, and stuff is going on there, and then like the whole thing. We'll get to it with the, yeah. with the vault. This so, is yeah. also written by uh, by uh, Ted Griffin, and he's known for doing a little bit different. He's uh, did Rendezvous. Uh, he obviously he was writer on this one. He did Matchstick Men. Uh, he also did another heist movie, which I kind of – it's one of my dirty little secrets I do like and I do enjoy because of its its all-star cast and kind of the mix that they throw in there. But also Tower Heist, if you remember Tower Heist. It was yeah, a, that's the, the Eddie Murphy film, right? Eddie Murphy. Um, uh, Hayden Christensen, uh, I think, is in um, it. And... Shoot, drawing a, drawing a blank on his name, Zoolander himself. Uh, 
Oh yeah, it's uh, 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 Stiller, <laughs> Stiller, Ben Stiller. Sorry, Ben Stiller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I kept sure. looking at his dad. It's like his dad kept. I was like, why is, why is Jerry showing up in my head? What's his son's name? But yeah, yeah. no. So yeah, he was known for that one, and also he was a co-producer on Wolf of, Wolf of Wall Street, as well as if you like are a fan of that movie, uh, he was Agent Hughes in that movie as well. So he was. He's oh, been, yeah. okay. So definitely, uh, definitely not a not a sleeper film when you think of about not just you know the the, the you know the behind the scenes guys, but then you add on everybody else that was added in. You know this is an, an all star cast, and like you said before, it was a remake of you know nineteen sixties of Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis. Just the Rat Pack did this movie, and uh, yeah, it was it was, um, it was a little different. The plot for that one centered around them being ex. Ex-military coming back, you know, from World War II, and they thought they could break into five casinos, not three, five casinos under military-like structured, you know, rules, and they they oh, thought wow. they could get away with that. Yeah, and it is funny is like when you when we think about this movie, we think about all these guys together hanging out, palling around. In the original, none of the guys were in the same like not there was never a scene where they all were together. Really? Yeah, which is really f- – because when you think about that, it's a Rat Pack. They all should be together. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a little different. Of course, in a different time, these guys really – I was amazed when I was – there was also a behind-the-scenes. If anybody's interested in the original one, there's a behind-the-scenes uh, documentary on um, Amazon Prime about the making of you know, Ocean's Eleven. And, and it's – these guys not only did filming during the day. They also went off into, and did shows at night. They did two shows a night while they were in, the, while they were in Vegas. Jesus, really? Yeah, yeah. So these guys, when you look at the original one, you're surprised they made it and lived through it. I mean, just and were able to remember their lines. All star cast. That's yes. all I'm going to say about yeah, this. From that big all star cast. It's yeah. phenomenal. They got all these guys together in the same room, and uh, especially um, uh, what's his name? He's he's the older gentleman in the film. I think he's the guy that kind of organized. He's like the money guy. Oh, what you're talking about Elliot Gould, uh, Ruben? Elliot Gould, Elliot Gould, Elliot yeah. Gould is in that movie. I was like, wow, Elliot Gould yeah. is in this movie. Elliot, like, what do you think about Carl Reiner? Carl, Carl, yeah, Carl I mean, Reiner Carl Reiner was in here as Saul. So, yeah, it's a great all-star cast. And then you look at the, the the side characters. You even look at the small cameos. The small cameo list is just as long as the main cast. Uh, when you when you when you really see it, because you have you did have Wayne Newton, you did have uh, uh, Lennox Lewis in there as himself. I mean, you had uh, Angie Dixon, Dickinson in there as herself. I mean, there had so many. Was great, Angie in this one, or was she in the other one? No, I she was in this one. She, in the, what's funny? Oh, is, sorry, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. right. Uh, Henry Silva and Angie Dickinson both played themselves, and they both appeared in the original movie. So those are the only two that re uh, re showed up. So let me go ahead and I'm going to play the trailer for everybody so that way you guys can hear it and uh, get a refresher of what we're talking about. And then we're going to jump right into kind of doing a breakdown for it. Please state your name for the record. Daniel Ocean. You have been implicated in over a dozen other confidence schemes and frauds. What do you think you would do if released? I don't know. How much do you guys make a year? never been done before you want to knock over a casino three casinos you got to be nuts exactly this place houses a security system that rivals most nuclear missile silos smash and grab job huh slightly more complicated than that oh yeah you'd need at least a dozen guys doing a combination of kinds ten ought to do it don't you think you think we need one more you think we need one more 
All right, we'll get one more. We're just supposed to walk out of there with $150 million in cash without getting stopped? Yeah. It'll be nice working with proper villains again. Two, one. Why don't you check the batteries? Tell me that I paid my debt to society. Funny, I never got a check. Scared? You suicidal? Congratulations, you're a dead man. He'll kill you. And then he'll go to work on you. Someone call for a doctor. Here comes a girl. You're a thief and a liar. I only lied about being a thief. Why do this? Because the house always wins. Unless, when that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. Been practicing this speech A little bit. Did I rush it? Felt like I rushed it. was good. It. I liked it. You're either in or you're out. Right now. All right, guys. Yeah, there's, so there is the trailer for it. Uh, I mean, just the, ca- the all-star cast. You can hear everybody on there that was there. Uh, you know, everybody from, you know, George Clooney, Bernie Mac, Brad Pitt, Ellie Gould, like we already talked about, Casey Affleck, Scott Kahn, uh, Don Cheadle. So, uh, so yeah, Don Cheadle was also on here, and he did not get credit for this because he wanted to have top billing with everybody else. And uh, they said no, so he's <laughs> like, well, you know what? Take my name out of the credits then. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of – like man, I know you were coming up at the time, but that's a little, little much. That's a, that's a little, yeah. It's a little. Did he do Hotel Rwanda by then? I think he did. He did. I mean, we're talking two thousand, like I said, two thousand one, two thousand on this movie. Yeah, okay, two thousand one. So, yeah. So yeah. yeah so but, he was. Yeah, but he wasn't that big. I think he actually got bigger after the Iron Man movies. To be honest, let's let's, let's be yeah. let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> he made more most of his. And, dough and, and guess what? He got the job because the actor that played Rhodey the first time on Iron Man was complaining about money and wanting top yeah, billing. So. Yeah. It's one of those things. So, uh, so basically, so with the, the movie premise, and we're going to break it down and review it as we go along. It, it follows the pre- the uh, the release of uh, Prisoner Danny Ocean. We heard in the trailer. Did you hear the sound when he made the comment? Well, what, when they said, asked him, "What are you going to do when you get out?" Well, well, how much do you make? That was yeah. not in the movie because when they were doing the editing for it, they were like they're like no, a con wouldn't say that because they would automatically deny him to, yeah, to get yeah. out. So they removed it, but they. They did leave it in the uh, in the trailers, so uh, Danny uh, gets out of prison and uh, he uh, decides to go Venice, vi- visit one of his friends uh, in the gambling uh, area of uh, Atlantic City. He runs into Frank Canton or Catton or uh, Ramon as he's known there, uh, and they just have a quick chat. And so uh, he finds out where uh, his friend Rusty is. So then uh, Danny Ocean violates his parole by traveling to California to meet his partner in crime and friend Rusty to propose a heist. Now, when uh, Rusty is teaching the teen idols how to play poker, of all the actors uh, are called in who are teen idols, they were all pretty popular at that time. You had uh, Holly Marie Combs who was in Charmed uh, at the time. You had Tover Gracer who Grayson who was uh, doing that '70s show. Uh, Josh Jackson from uh, Dawson's Creek and Barry Watson from Seventh Heaven, as well as Shane West of Once and Again. So, if you, if you guys weren't sure who 
who is who, and they played themselves. I, for, I forgot that was Shane West in there too. Yeah. Watching this movie again, like that's Shane West. That's fucking because yeah. he was in uh, one of my favorite series on uh, CW. Was a uh, it was the remake of La Femme Nikita. I thought yeah. he was really yep. in that. So I was like, wow, that's that's basically the CW table right there. Yeah, well, it <laughs> still was. Yeah. About- well, you th- you got to think it. Was, this is a Warner Brothers movie, so you got to you got to go from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the two go to long, uh, uh, sit down. They talk about what the plan is. You know, you play, basically heard it in the trailer. You know, they want to go ahead and Danny wants to you know break into three casinos, uh, and uh, and so they uh, they go out to Las Vegas to pitch the plan to their wealthy friend and former casino owner, Ruben uh, uh, Tiskolf. Is how he's pronounced it. Of course, played by Elliot Gould. Awesome job for him. I loved him. I loved him in the whole series. Uh, but yeah, I thought he did a great job here. Uh, the complaint the plan consists of simultaneously robbing the Bellagio, the Mirage, and the MGM Grand Casino. Uh, a little behind the scenes, they actually were on. Uh, they had um, cabanas at the Bellagio during filming. They each had seventy seventy. Or sorry, not seventy seven thousand. You know, sized uh, cabanas each. So seven thousand feet sized cabanas each. Why they were filming this. Uh, Ruben's familiarity with the casino security makes him very reluctant to get involved, but once he uh, starts thinking it might be a good way to get back at his rival, Terry Benedict, who is played by the one and only uh, Andy Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia, Mr. Andy Garcia himself, yeah. You talk about, uh, I think Andy had done a couple, well, not a couple films. He's probably pretty much mainstream nowadays during that film, but I thought it was kind of cool for him playing a bad guy again. I always like when he plays a bad guy. Oh, no. To me, it wasn't. I guess maybe it might be my. No, he age. wasn't a bad guy. Yeah, but I know. He was just, just doing his job. He's like, this is what I do, and that, you know, and yeah, and it's the way he's portrayed yeah. as, as well, the bad guy. But if you think about, it, they're robbing from him, so he's yeah, not really, really the bad guy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's not the bad guy. He's got a job. He he owns a casino. He he's very you know, you know straightforward about his job. He's just. He his he loves his job more than he loves you know the the woman that he's with and it's I just don't I think it, he, he's just the obstacle to Danny's happiness is really all it is doesn't make him a bad guy just he's an no. obstacle to get over but still did a great job um, yeah. and uh, so he you know, because of the casinos are required by the Nevada Gaming Commission to have enough cash to hand over all of their uh, patrons bets the they the three predict that the up and coming night there should be about a hundred and fifty. Million or billion was that? Hundred fifty million, I think, is what they were saying. So I thought it was bill. No, it was, it was million. It was million. Yeah, I, million. I, I don't know why I thought billion. I was like billion. I didn't have that much in there. And Fort Knox. Yeah. So they decided they're going to gather. They're going to gather some eight former colleagues and criminal specialists. Uh, the first one, of course, is Frank. We find out that Frank has now come down with some some allergies and has to be transferred over to. To the uh, to the West Coast, which is fine for him. Uh, the next we get to meet Virgil and Merck Malloy, the, uh, the the Mormons as they're called, uh, the pair of uh, gifted mechanics. Uh, they're in Livingston Dell and uh, electronic surveillance. This these two were actually the, this was actually played by K- Casey Fleck and in the uh, Scott Con were the two that were played. But they was were, that Casey Affleck? I didn't yeah, notice that. That was Casey. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, but it was originally they originally wanted somebody else. Not uh, Ben. Uh, no, for both roles they had another pairing, and I think this would have been great. They originally really wanted two brothers, Luke and Owen. Oh 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could see that. That would be great. But they were uh, they were uh, playing uh, in uh, two other role or another roles in uh, in a film that they were doing themselves. Uh, they were uh, working on the Royal Tenenbaums. So kind of. Yes. Yeah. Now that movie also stole another care another actor that was supposed to play another role in here. The person hmm. that was supposed to originally play uh, Frank Canton was not Bernie Mac. They originally were going to get Danny Glover. Ooh. But guess where he went? The, the Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, so, <laughs> so they lost two, two, uh, two characters there. Uh, next, they were, were introduced into Basher, an explosive expert. Uh, again, we were talking about Basher. Basher. Nice, nice accent by Don Cheeto, by the way. I not really, no. He actually – You didn't is, like it? He does not like it. I'm telling you what he doesn't like. He does not like it. He's, really? He, I kind of I thought I liked the accent. He said he, was right. he is sorry that he picked the Cockney accent for, for to be British because it's of the Cockney accent is a very bad lower class of of, of accent. I don't know. I, I kind of dug it. I thought it was different. Oh, maybe that's just me. If he didn't like it, I, you know that's his. That's yeah, his but that, yeah, that was his actor, choice. But- um, so we find out about that. Uh, of course, you know we, we spoke about the that um, you know that he he took all you know he did did not get credit for this. He was later billed equally in the rest of the movies, twelve and thirteen, of course, of course, mm-hmm. with everybody else. Uh, let's see who else. And then uh, we are introduced uh, to Saul Bloom, who uh, of course is played by you know the awesome. Awesome, Carl Reiner. If nobody who knows who Carl Reiner is, look. Oh him my God, up. Go, go look him up, man. <laughs> There's too much goodness associated with Carl Reiner. Yeah. It, should, it should be Carl Reiner and then awesome stuff. That's, yeah. yeah well, just go down a rabbit hole, man. You'll love all his shit. Well, yeah, well just if you guys want anything great, look up Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks. They did, <sighs> I think, that with a 10,000-year-old man. or 10,000-year-old yeah, man. Just uh, amazing. Like, this is old school stuff. I think they did History of the World Part 1 as well. They did They them? did a lot of work together, but yeah, yeah. The, them together doing uh, doing one thousand-year-old man was, was just amazing. I love thousand-year-old man. That's a good one. That's one we should do that one for review one of these days. And uh, then we get to see the amazing Yen. We're introduced to the amazing Yen, uh, who is an accomplished acrobat. This is played by, and I do apologize, Shabu Quinn. And this, God bless he, you. He made his motion picture debut in this film, uh, and uh, he was rehearsing with the Peking acrobats when he was spotted and asked to audition. He is actually a true acrobat and a contortionist, and he does not speak a lick of English. He had to have a translator on set so that they they were they could explain what they want him to do. And uh, he was uh, also this is his only movies. These three series he wanted to break into movies, but this is the only these are the only three he's been in. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, and then we're introduced to Linus Caldwell, a young and talented pickpocket in the big city of Chicago. Love the intro into Chicago. Like you see how the the the, the cinematography changes when they get to Chicago. It's 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 got more of this, not just the look. It's more urban, more but grimy. Is it more grimy? I think not kind of grimy, but like when they when you're introduced to the like the into into the city and you see them on the trains and the L train, the L train's like skipping a little bit. Like there's a certain yes, rhythm to the yes, music. There's, there's, now, originally, Matt Damon was not supposed to play the uh, uh, Linus Caldwell. That was well, actually meant really, for somebody else. Another famous Bostonian. And that's got to be Ben. That's going to be Ben Affleck. Then, nope. When I tell you the name, you'll be like, I could see that. I could see that person playing this. Jeremy role. Renner? Does it Jeremy no. Renner at Boston? No, no I don't believe Jeremy does. No, okay. no, no. Mister, uh, Mister, Mister Wal- Mark Wahlberg himself. Was actually going to play it, and then he he just changed his mind, just turned it down to play a bad decision. I like the movie; it's a fun movie, but he turned it down to play in Planet of the Apes. 
Uh, so, um, so, I could see Mark. I could see Marky Mark in that film. Yeah, I when I was it. yeah when I was watching, I was like, yeah, I could definitely with his attitude. You yeah, know, kind of like yeah. going back and forth with everybody. I could definitely see that. Kind of like he'd be an awesome guy, Gardner, but. That's another thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so several team members are carry out reconnaissance, reconnaissance around the Bellagio to learn as much as possible about the security, the routines, the behavior of the, of the casino staff, uh, and the building itself. They needed to know, you know how to get out if they needed to. Uh, other members created precise replica of the vault, which uh, the audiences were led to believe as we're watching this that this is built to, you know, uh, solely for in order to practice maneuvers to make sure Yang can make his jump. Uh, make sure you know they can you know they need to do whatever they need to do. Yeah, I should have known when I was watching this movie there was a, there was a sh- particular shot. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if it was an ornament or some kind of like um, I don't know how to describe it. I think you know what it is. It, they, they 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 the shot goes clearly on it, right? And then it fades back. And then I think it's one of those little smelly things that you put in your car, like the the fern trees. No, that's on. That's in the van. They put that in the van. I know what you're talking about, but that's in the video. Okay, yeah. okay. You know what I'm no, talking what, about. What, what kind of like made me wonder was they were stacking chips in the shelves as, they, as they're putting the room together. I was like, mm-hmm. I understand you want to have a mock-up room, but why do you care if there's chips on the every single shelf? That's the only thing that like – like when I was watching it the first time, I was like, why are they doing that? That's kind See, of the, at first when I watched it, I was, I was thinking like you did. Like, it's going to be for practice. Oh, you know, it's going to be a, a big-ass vault, so let's just practice mm-hmm. it here, go over as many times as you did, and then – you know, like I said, we'll get to. Well, then, then when you hear what how Danny speaks of it, Danny makes it makes a comment, and somebody's like, "Oh, well, for practice," and you're like, "Yeah, something like that." He yes, does. He yes, makes that I, comment. You're like, "Okay." Yeah. You know, in rewatches, you're like, "Okay, yeah, there it is." There's the hint uh, that we're that we're looking let's, for. Let's, well, let's go back to Clooney for a second, and um, as you know, many of our podcasts I've crapped. I go back to one of our old. Uh, uh, midnight movie uh, archives when I did Batman and Robin when I was in severely inebriated when I was watching that movie the anger and venom just spits out between both of us but um as much as I hated him in that movie as much as I love him in this movie he is so smooth so charming every interaction he has with everybody like though his dialogue is just like this but it's nice and it's his delivery is just on point. Mm-hmm. This is one of those movies like there's other ones that he's done that have been really good since then. But like this one for me is like, oh, OK, you know what? You know, you kind of redeemed yourself in my eyes. Like, I, I like you now, George. You know, it's OK. You're, you're not Mr. ER anymore. You're you're actually a movie star. So, you know, bravo. He's, well, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Because you just see how all of them are, how, how all of them are portraying very smooth, steady characters. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah. I love the I love the scene with uh, with Saul and uh, and Brad Pitt. Uh, that is their character. No, no. When they're at the oh, when, okay. when they're at the racetrack, and you know Saul's like, "No, I retire," and Danny's like, "Guys like us don't re- retire. Don't retire. We, we get yeah. we get we we stay sharp, or we or we you know we get you know get worse, or, or you know." And it's like that one of those moments when you're like, "No, they always have to stay in their game. They always have to be that smooth and that focused." And he's that way through the whole film. Yeah. There's no like, there's no down in spots for him. And him and Brad Pitt are just amazing. Dude. Yeah, I heard like throughout this film when they were doing it that um. They were actually hanging out, and they got to be best buddies after this film. That's what they did. They yeah. did two other sequels. So, well, that's one one of the reasons why they got when they when they got everybody out there. They all had them in the same hotel, made sure that they were in the same area together, so that way they could interact with each other. Uh, they could all go down after they were done. Basically, do what the original cast did is, is they hung out. You know, afterwards they were they were already friends of the original cast, but this one 
they were able to you know hang out and get to know each other a little bit better. Now mm-hmm. there was somebody that else that was supposed to be playing uh, Danny Ocean. Do you know who that was? Not Clooney. Uh, no, no. Somebody else was actually was originally wanting to wanted to do it. Uh, he was originally cast, but had to pull out due to schedule conflicts. Leonardo. He, no, but he did later make a cameo in one of the other movies. Nothing. Oh man. Oh well, Mr. Bruce Willis. He was originally supposed to play the play the role of. of of Danny Ocean. I could see I'm him glad do it. I, uh, I'm not taking anything away from Clooney, but I could see Willis doing that. Willis had, can Well, can by pull then, up. by then, by then Willis hadn't phoned it in. So yeah, I, yeah. yeah, you're right. Cause ever, ever since like, you know, we should go on a whole rant about Bruce Willis since he's phoned it in. Like he, he used to be John McClane from movie to movie and all the diehards. And then he stopped being John McClane. He became Bruce Willis in all his movies. It's, it's very strange. You have to look It's a weird timeline. We'll talk about it one time. You'll, you'll die laughing about it, but again, I I could see it like at that time. Yes. Again, Meg, that's Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan plays Meg Ryan in every freaking movie. All right. But everybody loves her (laughs) and you can't take that away from her. (laughs) So, uh, so then we, uh, during the uh, planning phases, the team discovers that Danny's ex-wife Tess, who is played by Julia Roberts, uh, is Benedict's girlfriend. Now here's a funny little thing. Uh, George and Julia have never played in, in roles together. They're they're friends just being in Hollywood, and but uh, the script uh, was sent to Julia Roberts with a twenty dollar bill attached with a letter from George, uh, and George Clooney said, "Hey, I hear you're you're uh, getting twenty dollar or twenty a picture now." So this is, of course, was a joke for referencing <laughs> that she was getting twenty million a picture. He sent her a twenty. Uh, if nobody knows about George Clooney, and G- George Clooney is the Hollywood. Prankster. Con- yeah, prankster. He he does so many great pranks. I have um, my ex wife uh, and I. We, we met out in Hollywood, California, and she before we met, she was around a lot of celebrities uh, from somebody that she was dating, and she actually got to meet uh, his his aunt Rosemary Clooney, and and she you know heard all sorts of like silly stories of what he would do. Uh, he actually stole. Um, I think he, what was it? The one story I heard from him. This one I saw online. Uh, was him telling a story how he stole somebody's letterhead and started sending letters to uh, other actors and, and writing in about how bad they're acting. Mm. And like years later, he would come and meet them and say, "Hey, you know, that, no, that was me." And they're like, "Oh my god, I hate you!" You know. And but he would just do <laughs> stuff like that, you know. So then, uh, Rusty urges Danny to give up the plan, uh, believing Danny is uh, incapable of sound judgment with tests involved. Uh, but Danny refuses, and this is, I think, one of the great lines. You know, you, we, we're all we're all in this. Eleven of us are in here. Uh, tests cannot be split eleven ways. When it comes to it, <laughs> how, what are you going to do? And he's like, "No, I'm into it. I'm in." So on the night of the fight, uh, it's plan, uh, plans are put in motion. Danny shows up to Bellagio, uh, purposely uh, to uh, be seen by Benedict, who. As predicted, locks him in a storeroom with Bruiser, a bouncer. However, Bruiser is on Danny's payroll and allows him access into a vent and joins uh, joins up with the team as they uh, seize the vault uh, and coincide with activities with their other team members. And their other team members are out there. Uh, you know, uh, Basher's got a, a bomb, a pinch, as he calls it, which is basically a mini e- EMP blast. EMP thing, like, yeah. Uh, Saul's walking around um, and being uh, Zer- Zerga Lima. And uh, trying to, and it's funny is uh, one one of the things Andy Garcia said. He's like the hardest thing about doing that was being on camera with Carl Reiner because he says Carl Reiner constantly cut up, and he said it was so hard to stay in character. 
during during, during the uh, performance. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we see <laughs> probably one of my favorite scenes is. And I wish they. I wish you know. Unfortunately, you know, he has passed away. But Bernie Mac and Matt Damon that scene together, where they're where you know uh, Matt Damon's portraying the, uh, the the game, one of the game commissioners. And oh he, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Hey man, you come with us." Like you've been in like a uh, and all these casinos robbing people, and he's like threatening to kill him. And he's like, "Yeah, I'll look at you like this." Like, <laughs> yeah, that's it, great. Yeah. And Bernie, and that's this is one of the times that Bernie Mac they allowed Bernie Mac to kind of let loose in, in, in improv, and he would the the line that's in there about, "Hey, you, what do you want? You get up on the table and dance for you." That was a Bernie Mac improv. Uh, but just that, just that scene. I love those two just kind of bantering back together. It was just so much fun. And unfortunately, you know, we've lost Bernie Mac. Uh, but God, he could have done so well. Uh, so many great other other uh, parts. I, I would have loved to have seen seen him in past. You know, after his passing. So then, uh, Rusty calls Benedict on the cell phone, which Danny had dropped into Tess's coat earlier, and he tells him, "Unless you uh, unless you let uh, half of the money in the vault, they will blow it up." And Benedict sees a video footage uh, confirming that, uh, Rusty's claim. This is one of the areas that I think the original branches off and changes. What they did is they split the money up, put some of the money in – Oh, somebody had passed away and put some of the money in a casket, and the other money went, was stayed into, into the casino. Well, once – I guess once the money was put into the casket and then something happened to where the money didn't – the casket didn't go to Los Angeles like it was originally supposed to. It stayed here, and then the wife cremated it, cremated her oh, husband, wow. and the money was burnt up, and that's how it basically yeah, it kind of ends. Yeah. So I was like, that's a darker little twist. That's a, that's a dark, that's a dark yeah. ending. Yeah. This one, this one, you know, the, the guys got away with it and, you know, all made out with money. And, but yeah, the original one was like, oh, well, yeah, you couldn't get the money because you, you, know, you screwed up your plan. So uh, Benedict compiles or complies and has his bodyguards take a load of duffel bags uh, to the waiting van driven by a remote control. Uh, Benedict and his men follow the van while he calls in the SWAT team and uh, to try to secure the vault. The SWAT team arrives and uh, causes a uh, shoot a shootout, and it sets up explosions, incinerations, and the remaining cash. Uh, and after affirming the premises otherwise secure, the SWAT team is told to please leave. And this is when things get uh, get a little interesting. This is when Benedict arrives to examine the ruins in, of his vault, and his men uh, stop the van, find that the bags are only loaded with flyers for prostitutes. Imagine that in Vegas. Shocker. <laughs> and then uh, Benedict studies the vi- uh, the video footage, or he asks one of his guys, "Hey, is there a uh, is there a Bellagio logo on the vault floor?" And that's when we start thinking back to the things we saw earlier. You yeah, know, we were talking yeah, about you yeah. know the the practice room, basically. And basically, he had said, "No, we got the uh, we got the vault floor uh, redone on Tuesday, and there's a logo on there." And so that's when he starts putting two and two together. I don't think he quite gets it yet. You know, he's starting to you know he's suspecting something, but he's always he is, but he doesn't like he's like hmm. And I think it's not until he goes into the control room that's when he starts figuring it out. Yeah, and then when they actually when they well we'll get there we're getting there so. Sorry. I'm, I'm so, uh, so, da- so Danny, <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, which has not been added recently in the vault, it is uh, shown that Danny's team used their practice vault to create a fake footage and fool Benedict. Furthermore, they themselves were the SWAT team. Now, that's where I have a little issue. Mm. This is where, like, uh, you have to like give up, you know, like your uh, you you got to disbelieve, your belief. Yeah. disbelieve because literally minutes before Danny, not Danny, sorry, Rusty is talking to Tess. 
in the casino and talking to Benedict. Benedict told his guy to call the SWAT team. Rusty's sitting there in regular clothes talking to – and then literally a minute later, he's coming out of the van, the SWAT van in SWAT gear already. I'm like – you know what? I'm what? gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna use something that I you know you're a big Kevin Smith fan and as I am, I'm gonna do a little analogy for you. What you got to do for that instance? Here's what you do. It's movie magic. Yeah, I, I accept it, but that was like, <laughs> look, no, does the logic make sense? Yeah. Absolutely I was not. Like, Wait a second. It makes no sense. It's you know it's lies. Yeah. <laughs> you can, you can, you're not you're not the Flash, right? You cannot be that fast. And I never but, noticed it until this watch. And I've watched oh, this no, movie. I, I, I have always noticed that. I'm glad Did you brought you? that. Oh, okay, I, yeah. I, oh, I've always. I was like, wait a minute. How, is he? I was like, is he the Flash? Like, how do he get from there to there? That's yeah. pretty fast. <laughs> I never noticed it honestly. And like, change into SWAT gear and like back into the suit again. And then he opens up. Yeah, I'm back in my suit. Like, what the hell? And then uh, he Benedict confronts him. He's like, How'd you do it? He's like, Do what? I've been here. Yeah. Like, okay, man. Well, uh, that I, one I get. No, no, Danny's move I get that because he went back up. You know, he got out and he you know he got back into the into the vents and everything like that. That I get. But Rusty, Brad Pitt's character is what I'm talking about. He's on the phone with Benedict, and oh, Tess one. is staring oh, out. Yeah, that's why I'm not talking okay. about Danny. I'm talking about Rusty. Rusty is talking to Benedict with Tess in front of him, and he just leans over and goes, "Hey, Danny, wants you to go back up, go up to the room." And then, and then, like I said, literally a minute later, the SWAT team comes rolling in, and he's part of the SWAT team. Okay, you know what? I, I didn't. Danny even was not. I Danny was not. About no, I'm Danny sorry, went back. Bad. No, Danny went back into the room. He wasn't part of the SWAT team. Brad Pitt was, and Brad Pitt was. was are, you sure, are you sure? I thought he was part of the SWAT team. No, because you only you only see Brad lift his lift his helmet up. You don't see who the rest of the guys are, but you assume it's the rest of the guys. Mm. But uh, but no, yeah. Now Danny, the other thing with Danny though is how did he get back up the elevator after the lasers went back on? Like, how did he get out of the out of? The, that's the only one I have a question on. Yeah, well, he's but uh, <laughs> but that's fine. Now, that one, I, that one, I kind of let go. No, mine was you know how did Rusty get from talking to Tess? Into the SWAT van, into SWAT gear within minutes of walking, you know, walking in. So, uh, so then as uh, Tess is watching, uh, she went up to her room, and uh, Tess is watching the CCTV, and Danny and Benedict are talking, you know, and Danny tricks Benedict into saying, you know, he would give uh, give her up to exchange for all of his money, and uh, so that's when we, you know, that's when she has a change of heart, even though she said, even if you pull off this, it's not going to change how I feel, but it yep. does, you know. So, and uh, she has probably one of the best lines in the film yes. too. That, 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 that goes back right to Bennett. Yeah, and she goes up to him. She's like, "What happened?" She's like, "You must know, Benedict, that somebody's always watching." I'm like, yeah. "That like ah, oh, you just brought that back." Yeah, I'm like, just yes! right. yeah, because because that scene was beforehand was they were in the they were in the museum area where they, she had Picasso's up, and uh, she went to go lean in to kiss him, and he's like, "No, people are always watching in my hotel," and that's when she yeah. like. She, nice. she brought it back. I, 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 I yeah. love when movies do that. They actually bring back a line and somebody else is in the film. Yeah. Except for The Dark Knight Rises. That was. <laughs> uh, the rest of the team uh, basks in their victory after uh, after everybody is, um, you know, everything's been settled down. Uh, Tess does go over to find Danny and say, you know, I'll, I'll wait for you now. And because uh, he figures she'll be, he'll be in there three to three to six months. Uh, and of course, you know, after we see everybody sitting at the Bellagio watching the fountains going off. They also that's a great. That's a, that is a great. You know, I had that shot as my screensaver for the longest time. I think it's just a, like that shot in itself, and there's no dialogue, nothing. Yep. It's just the like a little bit of like the score. Jobs done. Are, yeah, jobs done. And you just there's like a sense of like you know accomplishment. I was like, 
just kind of looking on. They all go their separate yeah. ways. Well, it kind of take goes back to when they were first introduced, the brothers. You know, when that when yes. Danny and, and Danny and Rusty are talking, they make the comment that you know, well, where are the brothers at? Oh, they're up in Utah. They're six months off the job. Well, this ending is them getting off the job and them just vanishing, you know, out because that's you know that when usually when you do a job, you know, from my understanding of everything, everybody kind of goes away and then the money gets you know divvied out like later after you know the heat. Cool down. The heat's, the, the heat's cool down. Baby. Yeah, you got to cool that heat down. So then we uh, flash forward to three to six months, and uh, we see uh, Danny is being released uh, in some of the best banter uh, between Brad Pitt and uh, and Danny uh, are, are oh, right it's there. Great. Uh, uh, you know, I hope you were the I hope you were the groom is what he says when he gets yeah. out. <laughs> and of course, we to- finally see after the whole movie. Of Rusty eating in every scene, we finally see scene. him finishing it. He got finally got gas out of. It. I was like, I think wasn't he finishing that whole hot dog throughout the whole movie? No, no, it wasn't hot dog. He always had something different in his hand. He was always eating something different. When he he ran into Saul, he was eating like a a frozen fruit thing. Um, I think when him and uh, Lionel or Linus were sitting there as Tess came down the stairs, he was eating a cocktail shrimp. No, he was always eating something, and that was something that Brad Pitt wanted to bring to the character that he's always constantly eating something and it, that scene with him and you know with him and Matt Damon as they're waiting for Tess to come down I guess they had to shoot several times and uh, apparently Brad had to eat 40 different shrimp during the during the scenes over and over again so he was a little not feeling too good but yeah it, it's just it. it's just funny at the very 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 end you see him finally finishing up whatever the fuck he's eating and he kind of like hits his stomach like oh okay there's yeah, the guy finally he's like oh just yeah. adjust him so like, okay like about time yep. <laughs> so when danny is released after serving his time with uh the uh for his parole violation he is met by rusty and rusty says oh by the way i stopped to pick up some of your personal belongings and we don't know what it is of course but then you know Danny's like, oh, I don't believe that stuff's mine, and then it's you know turns out to be Tess. And uh, but as they're walking from the prison, you hear them say, you hear Danny and uh, and Rusty kind of talk to, where are they at? Oh, two rows back in a in a Chrysler, and that's when you find out that Benedict's two bodyguards are following them, and of course that's when it fades away as they're driving and being tailed by the two bodyguards, and uh, that's where we end because then that leads perfectly into Ocean's Twelve. I didn't like Ocean's Twelve too much, though. I loved them all. Sorry, there's not so? one on there that I'm like, eh, I, I can't watch them. No, they all are are good in, for certain things, and uh, yeah, no, that's the whole. This is a, a trilogy of movies. Even the even Ocean's Eight, I enjoyed. I I, I the liked Ocean's Eight too. The only thing, and I think it's the same thing you and I agreed on, is why did they have to kill off Danny? Why did that they have the to say he died? Yeah, I was that, like, that was like, come on, man! Like, couldn't you have him like appear like in the cameo at the ending, like eating some chips and like watching his sister? That would have been kind of cool. But I, I just didn't like you. Outright killing a character, just like it's just lazy to me. Yeah, like I, I, to me, it doesn't. What does it? What does it do? That doesn't change her character. You, yeah, it's it, it, still the sister of Danny Ocean. Yeah, so what it, the it hell, does, like? yeah, you just introduced that she's doing bad things because that was, I don't know. That, to me, that was just kind of weird. Like, why didn't you say he got caught? He was back in jail again, or, or or something. Why does he have to die? 
Yeah, it's just it's just it's strange the way they did that. I just didn't enjoy that. But the rest, like I, Ocean's Twelve, I didn't like too much because I felt like as the first film, where well, they they were so intelligent, and so with it, they made them so stupid. And the and Ocean's Twelve, like this other dude shows up and like Benedict finds him, and like now you have to do a job for me. Like it kind of like turned took the first movie and it's like you know what, all that good stuff, nah, it doesn't count. We're just going to rewrite it. Now, now you got to. Well, it's not that know. they're ignoring it. They're still that history is still there. But like I said, why? Like I said, why kill them off? It just to me, it just doesn't make any sense. It's, it, I don't know. It's I don't, I don't know why they have to. Why why'd you have to add that extra flavor in there? Now there was a Captain America reference in this movie. If you did not know, or did you did you notice? No, I didn't notice that until you. you I'm sure oh, you didn't tell me. Oh yeah, no, no. I'm just going to say it, and then we're going to end the show right now. So, uh, but no, uh, when Saul and. Um, and Benedict are walking through the casino, and he's carrying his briefcase. And you hear somebody in the crowd, "Saul, hey Saul, it's Bucky Buchanan." Really? Yeah, that was a Captain America. Reference. That was Bucky. They oh, were, they, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Shit. I, have to, I gotta. I gotta go back and watch that again. Yeah, that the, the the guys in the in the suit. He's blowing Saul's cover. Yeah, it's a nod to the yeah to to Bucky in oh, there. Okay. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I gotta watch that again now. Uh, so this one ended up that year. This one, uh, for records, if you guys are interested, this one did end up being number eleven in the uh, in uh, gross of uh, gro- uh, the gross gross god like, trying to do sure. this top grossing. God bless you. Yes, uh, this one did have Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Shrek, Monsters Inc., Rush Hour Two, Lord of the Rings, uh, Mummy Returns, Pearl Harbor. Jurassic Park 3, Planet of the Apes, Hannibal. I mean, it, it was a big year. I mean, if you really look at the top, I mean, I, I cut it off at, yeah, I, I did 20. I mean, you had so many great movies come out uh, That's that not only were these great movies, but these were movies that were part of bigger franchises. Almost every single one of these movies was from a franchise of some sort. So it had some stiff competition uh, that year. You even had... Um, Doctor Doolittle's, the beginning of the Spy Kids, the Do- Princess Diary, all was in the top twenty. All good films, all so. good stuff. But uh, yeah, go, back to Ocean's. I'm sorry, I'm just getting a little distracted. I'm done. Other things going on, but uh, sorry, guys, <laughs> family shit. Uh, but back to Ocean's Eleven again. Um, watching it again for like probably the tenth time, I would say um, still holds up. But I'll, I'll, you know, four out of five straight jackets. Actually, maybe five out of five. I think it's that good, and it's definitely the rewatchability over and over again. And like the cast, to me, the cast makes it alone. The whole plot is good too, but like the cast, without the cast, this movie doesn't work. And George Clooney spearheading it, so definitely, if you guys haven't watched it, do yourself a favor and watch it. The sequels are that's up to you guys if you like them or not. I mean, I'm not a fan of the second. The third one is pretty good to me, but the second one is not. But uh, definitely well, the third do watch one's the, first one. the third one's kind of brings things back around. It goes that's back. Why I you like know, the that's third I, one, I kind yeah. of see that why you would like it because it's it's a revisit of sorts of you know what what the well but technically I mean they're all really great sequels because they all in, you know are continuing stories. The second one is what is you know because we were always warned that Benedict you know does certain things to people that you know steal from him. Well, we mm-hmm. see what Benedict does, and we see what an asshole he is. And then the third one, you know, then we then we get like Benedict's competition, and so we then we see Benedict not being the bad guy anymore. But now we see him encouraging him and helping them. Yeah, he's kind of like now he's helping him out. Like okay, yeah. And again, at the very end, we see Danny screw Benedict at the very end of thirteen. Yeah. You know, yeah, you, yeah. I paid your money back, but I didn't give it right to you. I gave it to a charity. You look like a good guy, but you didn't get your money back. So guess what? We both win. 
like I said, great movie. And check out the sequels if you want to. But uh, for the third, but uh, the, the the first one, still the best one for me. And check it out. Um, thoughts? Yeah, definitely. And yeah. no, it's it's one of my favorite movies. When you sent me the this one for you, I, I was like, hell yes, I love this movie. I, I any reason to to watch it again is is always uh, encouraged in my life. Well, I try to bring some variety into your life, so uh, I appreciate I'm glad that. You enjoyed. No problem, bud. But uh, I guess we better get out of here. Yep. So, so uh, make sure you guys do check us out. Like I said before, on our Heroes Asylum page on Facebook, you see the links for all this. You will also see the links for our other midnight movie show, Heroes Asylum, as well. Until they get their own Facebook page, which I hope is this week, you will off. see uh, you you will see <laughs> drops coming from. Uh, you will see uh, working on it. Working we'll, on it. We'll see posts coming from uh, low blows and chair shots. Uh, and again, like I said, if you guys do want to support the show in any of the shows, because it's pretty much the Kane and I doing everything in the background. Will is just joined, but it's it's a you know one two person show right now as far as like you know production and stuff. So make sure you guys, if you want to support and give us some love, check us out on Patreon or buy me a coffee. Kane, what do you got? Twitter at the Heroes Asylum underscore podcast and Instagram at the Heroes Asylum. And from Mike to me to you, get to the asylum.